Welcome everyone to the Anxiety Hour. My name is Mel and I'm your co-host this evening with none other than Trent Shaw. We have a very special guest on tonight and I couldn't miss this episode. Um, I I remember reading uh, the the post that, that Trent popped up about Nat and who she was and what she did and my ears pricked up and I'm super excited to meet you tonight, Nat. I, I don't know too much about you, but thank you for being here with us. And um, we, we love just going to all sorts of different places <clears throat> on the Anxiety Hour. So I have a feeling that's where we'll be going tonight. And it's a breath of fresh air. So thank you for being here. All right. I, I tell you what, this is like I'm smiling ear to ear right now because... Uh, we had a really good conversation on, on Saturday about some stuff that Nat and I are going to have a bit of fun with, which Mel knows about. Purely appropriate fun, of course, or I guess maybe inappropriate, but um, <laughs> uh, in the business space, which we're truly excited about. But what can I say about Nat? I met Nat on via a, just a, a coaching call through a, a mutual um, who now works for us, Kath, the amazing Kath. These guys have been friends. She uh, lives in New South Wales. We will not hold that against her. And uh, when I first started speaking to her, she was um, uh, delivering the message around healthy nutrition, connecting with, um, oh, I don't even know if I can give it justice in this introduction because it's, it's as Mel knows, I sort of go feminine energy, Mel, you're up. I, I kind of lack the, uh, <laughs> I kind of lack the anatomy. So I'm not going to give, I'm actually not going to give you a big introduction. I'm going to let you tell your story, Nat. So welcome, dude. Thank you very much for jumping on. I am very excited about this one. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It really is such a, a such an immense level of gratitude to be able to, to sh- not only share my story, but to be able to uh, step into that space of really being able to come from a place of uh, definitely transformation. I know when I first was able to uh, communicate with Trent, I was definitely on the journey of really embracing that a uh, beautiful element of incorporating uh, more nutrition into my life. I really saw it as um, a very high value of mine uh, due to the lifestyle that I, I lived before I had my daughter in 2016. So uh, if I can touch on a little bit of that, because I guess that is that, that beautiful Mate, we, element. <laughs> we, we, I think you've got to set the scene because when you first told me um, uh, how you lived and things like that, I'm like, hell yeah, this is cool. Like there was real story. And I know you were trying to wear mad implementers and, and I wanted to push you, but I didn't know if you're ready, but then you started doing speak. You started speaking publicly with people. You started giving you time. You were already out there doing events. You were, um, uh, and you started really going deeper on your message in relation to um, uh, intimacy. I mean, your business is called intimacy by nature. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I got it right. So, that's mate, okay. you, go, you go where you want with your story. You start where you want. We talk about a lot on this podcast, and I think that's why people love it so much. We are streamed, Mel, 10 different countries. Woohoo! I didn't know we had these things called stats and data and numbers. I didn't realize this. So how good is that? <laughs> so we are getting streamed around a few different countries. So let's uh, spice this one up. Nat, you lead and we will follow and we'll just ask the questions. So wherever, yeah, you, absolutely. Go, wherever you need to go, lovely lady. Okay, right. fantastic. Yeah, please feel free to like jump in whenever you want. Like I love the 
the engagement that this podcast brings. I can already feel that it's, it's going to be exciting. So ultimately, before I had my daughter in 2016, I was known as a bender queen. I love taking drugs. I love drinking a lot of alcohol. I would spend three days on end just going out and carrying on like an absolute pork chop with a bunch of uh, other people very much the same. Now, I thought I honestly was living my best life. I notoriously would go around and tell people that I had a PhD in bullshit. If anyone could manipulate a situation or uh, be a total smart ass or create situations to allow my ability to control and to really be in this exaggerated state. It was definitely me. I felt as though that every time I was sort of under that influence of either like drugs and alcohol and around those people, um, I was sort of able to switch off from any form of responsibility or any desire to really step into anything that in fact was my true self. Like I actually, uh, if I've impersonated police officers and I've gotten away with it, I've um, been around groups of people where I would insist that I'd be hosting profound events around jelly wrestling competitions and all these things that I thought would, you know, be exciting. Mind you, I ended up doing that in due course, completely sober. And I realise now that that was just me not wanting to really be confident in who I really was because of wounds that I'd held onto from a very, very little girl. I guess stop the right reason. there. Stop <laughs> right there. I need to slow this down, dude. I, I don't want to. Like, one thing we learn around speaking, and you'll get it the more you do it, and I suck at it, and sometimes I'm really good at it. But as we start to put more out there, I really want to give people an opportunity to absorb this bad boy. Now, this is so cool. So, firstly, Mel, unmute your mic. Get in here. I know you're itching. Firstly, we've got uh, someone coming on here that's like, I admit I was full of persona, I was putting out this larger than life personality to cover up my bullshit how good is that how refreshing is that it's so good it's so so good to hear and our people um, she is our people yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely call them in call them in so and then from there and uh, the bender i love that i mean um i drank every day that ended in y throughout my uh, late teens and early 20s especially and even parts of my 30s so um, I'm really loving this. Uh, so, mate, and, and sort of, and you talked about open wounds, and like, and what I'll do is every now and then we will cut in, and, and I want people to really absorb and, and get context around why this is such a powerful story. So, what? Tell us about the wounds, mate. This is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, it's funny. I. It's to say funny. I know myself. Now I catch sentences that I say before I actually own my shit. So it's like, oh, it's really funny, but or you know what's crazy when it's actually just me being me and I sometimes have a cover sentence. So I will catch myself out on that. But I will say that what I found is that my, I have had a lot of traumatic events that have happened in my life. But the only reason that they happen, they saw, you know, bad things come in threes. It's not a fact that it comes in threes. Sometimes it comes in more, but it's ultimately because we're in that vibrational frequency in order to receive that. So it definitely is, although I would never wish upon any of these events that happened to me upon to anyone, I ultimately was the creator of that event, which then allowed that continual effect to happen throughout my life in other experiences. So wait there. This is so good. This is gold. This is this is gold. I don't, I I hope the people listening to this 
are getting the gold out of this. I really do. Like everyone who's out in Radio Land, Radio <laughs> these days, whatever we're saying, um, uh, listen to what she just said. I am the creator, and we're talking about some some really shitty things. Holy dooly. Talk about. Um, I'm looking forward to where this is going because vibration, yeah, vibration and frequency frequency is certainly the um, talk on the street at the moment when it comes to healing. It's something that not too many have touched upon this complete owning, um, taking complete and utter responsibility and not placing the blame on anyone. It's not pissed out of the spiritual pirates for a second. Sure. I, I really need to. Like <laughs> meditating on a rock won't solve your shit. Doing yoga twelve hours a day won't solve your shit. You still got to eat and pay bills. And what happens is they they go on the spiritual journey and yet uh, and then absolutely suppress and avoid every part that you own. Yes, this is so good. I'm so happy. Me too. So <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. The first circumstance that I created, like subconsciously deep down in, in my mind, was actually a case of sexual abuse that happened when I was 10 years old. Now, even just saying that out loud, it's, it, in myself, it's a breath of fresh air to say, wow, like some people will be really challenged and activated by me saying, how can a child create something like that? Like that's, you know, but even just having this awareness right here, right now, like this is my own revelation on this call. Oh, I, is that, <laughs> Nat, I got to let everyone know, like we work around this stuff all the time. I'm on your same page. Now, if anyone's listening to this and has gone through this and hasn't done the work now, I'm not talking about let's become supported until we become that victim uh, stuck attached to it 20 years later. I'm talking about uh, Nat has done a level of work where she wouldn't change the lessons all right it's not about suffering it's not that we're justifying any child being hurt heaven help anyone hurt nat's child all right anyone heaven help hurt anyone's child all right so i want to make this really clear if anyone's gone through this and you haven't done the work i need you to reach out to us because we'll get on a call and we'll give you some change of perception mel see me work on this a lot all right, it's, it's unfortunately very common. So I just wanted to butt in and, and say that Nat, uh, I, that's courage, man. That's true courage. Well done. No, I really appreciate you saying that because even for myself going through that, those different stages, it's just to be able to acknowledge it on my own personal level, it's really great. And then to even say it out loud, not just do the inner work and to process it all and go through your emotions and do the healing by even saying it out loud now, this is just really transformational for me. So thank you for allowing me to, it's to be a whole new proud. level. Yeah. It's a whole new level Nat, because there would be so much you've had to, to work through in order to have the courage to do that. It's not something that people are open to just putting out there. So like talk, like, can you talk about that? The things that have been going on through your mind before making this decision to come out in public and and put this out there like you've got to be what are you expecting to to receive like we know that we get both great feedback and negative feedback as well so what about that process just if you can touch on that before you go go on with your story well 
funny enough, I was actually speaking with my cousin Lauren about this last night and I actually said how ego was, which, you know, we are having a human experience and it plays a beautiful part in our awareness, uh, was sort of activating me last night with my post that I put up in relation to the podcast and the lack of engagement, the lack of, you know, that dopamine hit that you get from those likes and responses. And it's like, you have so many people that may be around and intriguing on your message, but that actually now I love when I don't get a lot of reaction because it's made people go, Oh, in a, the no, the lack of reaction is a reaction for itself. Man, so I love I, this. I freaking love this. <laughs> this is awesome. Because when we talk truth and it's direct, crickets. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Crickets. And they're like, this guy really does not give a fuck what anyone thinks. And I've got no fucks to give. I care a lot about people. I know how much you love on your girls. I know how much you love on your girls that you bring into that forest. And, um, and you like what you do with the girls is phenomenal. Yes. Fruit over the, the fruit. <laughs> The bits, but yeah, like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is awesome. That's a cucumber. That's a cucumber. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Keep going, my my just... daughter's looking at me going, mom, that's our food. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, can I have an orange drop right now, Vivian? <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so the expectation of this message is no expectation at all, but to expect nothing but something greater. So have no expectation that it's going to go a certain way, that it's going to be received in a certain positive manner or all that something may be challenged within someone else. But to know that if I did have any expectations on myself, expect more, expect greater. Like why limit myself for what this is going to be able to achieve, not just for myself, but for other people. And by achieve, I mean to be able to, to have that own personal acknowledgement with where anyone is at on any of their level of their journey around intimacy and obviously that encompasses so many elements so i guess that's sort of where i would um direct that answer if that's if that's okay mel beautiful thank you no worries so the sexual abuse happened when i was 10 years old uh it was a gentleman a gentleman <laughs> i see that just shows i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> this this older guy that was the grandson of the guy that lived next door and he made me perform oral sex on him and he made me like uh like perform a hand job and he was like trying to like touch my body which really as a 10 year old there's really nothing really there at that point in my life but then also then there came the the blamed me you're the one that came over here shamed me you probably shouldn't have done that I could have done this and then justified it's like oh but look how you've made me feel so I then was like given the implication that you know if you say anything you're the one that's done the wrong thing you're the one that's come over here look how you've made me respond and that sort of then set me up for what would be probably yeah it was the start of that experiences of how I not only perceived myself and how I would engage with other people, in particular men, but then how I, uh, well, yeah, just the, the whole view on sexuality and the body and, and myself. I was really someone who moving forward was 
as a 10 year old, like I, I jokingly wanted to be the prime minister of Australia. And I say jokingly, like now that position's a joke. I'd rather be doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, no, everything happens for a reason. Everyone does. But that was my level of ambition that I wanted to be someone that wanted to lead. I wanted to communicate it. And then that fire just burnt out because I just felt like a piece of shit because I was felt like I'd done something wrong. My body then sort of went, I had my period straight away. I actually got mastitis which is like what wow. women who breastfeed get. So my mm. body was really like, it, this is bad. Like, it, mm. it was like a knee jerk response of like that sexual activity. So, and it's funny, this is the first time I've actually said out loud who this person was. So yeah, just interesting. Hello. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but then that also then caused a lot of, uh, dysfunction and challenge with my dad because he was the main masculine energy in my life and for him to be in that higher place of you know his shoulders were the highest place in the world to then all of a sudden I was really um, agitated uncomfortable moody even when I, I had to go to the pediatrician for the mastitis the it was a male pediatrician and he was touching over my pelvic space he was touching my breasts and he was talking about me not to me to my mum so again it's like you just lay there and you're frozen and you don't move and it's like oh this is this is great this just reminds me of what happened the other week so again then as a woman you sort of you take life laying down whether it's giving birth whether it's pap smears whether it's uh sexual engagement with someone you do have that element of i just need to get through this so i'm just going to switch off mentally i guess that's then where it then allowed me kind of touching on with what i was saying earlier about putting on that facade and that persona because I knew I could switch off, but then all of a sudden turned that not only could I switch off, but I could switch to be able to suit the mood, to be able to keep myself, to keep myself safe. But then as like time progressed, I then was uh, involved in other uh, unhealthy relationships with men, which again, I say men, I say gentlemen, these were still like young people. These were young teenage boys that, I don't know. Now I sort of see it as that my, I was the one, yes, those things had happened, but because of that frequency and that energy of receptiveness to that behavior, I wasn't, there's, I feel like there's sometimes there's a few people in this world. There is people that would, you know, if a, a girl gets hit on, someone's going to say, oh, fuck off, mate, like, don't talk to me. And then there was that other element of someone who might just either flirt back. I was kind of the one that just, I didn't even have a voice. Like, Sorry, I've got my daughter trying to poke through the door. That's why I'm outside. <laughs> <laughs> she will find okay. me. <laughs> that I would, that they would find that I just, I wouldn't say anything. I'd go with the flow. And again, I felt like it was my, oh, which one's that? <laughs> Elsa. Oh, that is pretty cool. All right, I've got to do this now. Thank you. <laughs> that uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. I thought that that was kind of what I had to do. You, you have to give guys yeah. oral sex to make them not even like you. It wasn't for a point of approval. It was just, that's what you do. I you, tell you that's what, your um, job. It's uh, some of the uh, most phenomenal breakthroughs we've had in this space. And we don't go into the story when we're working with someone. So th this is um, a lot of insight, which is phenomenal. I, once again, I'm going to commend you on your courage. 
Um, and it's not about understanding what happened. It is definitely about understanding what energy needed to appear in that moment because of perceived voids. And where people get really uh, black and white in their mentality, everything that a person needs energetically is right there and will happen for them just in different um, different things, different, like whatever, like people grow up and say, I didn't have my mum, And we're like, who's your mother figure? And they go, my grandma. And like, would you change that? And they're like, no, yet they're so heavily addicted to the thought that society says you're meant to have your mother, but they always had mother figure energy. Like me not seeing kids. I've got kid energy around me every single day, even when they're not with me. So um, I really want everyone uh, to really, if you still are getting triggered by anything like this, take a breath, grab a drink of water, but come back to it because um, this is the level of growth that is possible or probable that is probable if you play all in around wanting to move forward. Okay. So I'm going to keep reiterating that, Nat. So keep say as much as you want to say, mate, but um, you're doing phenomenal. Thank you. So it's just, I, I found that by being in that situation, it really had me in that state of just not feeling my self-worth. No, I didn't have any, like there was some, actually, it was funny. There was a part of me that was completely confident and I'd been debating competitions. I'd be trying to participate in like, I went to a Catholic girls high school. I was literally in like the charity group called the young mercies. And on my lunch break, I'd be raising money, but then I'd all of a sudden be in after school detention because I'd the one that would be the boy crazy one that snuck off to McDonald's. And really it was like, the, I, but I wasn't, and that's how I was portrayed because that's how, again, we talk about society having like that, that level of like codependency and feeling on what perhaps is the situation, perhaps not asking the right questions. I feel as though that the counseling system didn't provide me the tools or the support that I needed to be able to get through this. So I actually went and saw a counselor when I was in year seven and said, listen, this is what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I'm not happy at home. My, you know, my parents argue, I'm always on that's looking after my brothers. So I go up and I go meet with this guy that's, you know, three years younger, uh, three years older than me, sorry. And I kind of don't feel comfortable about it, but I'd rather be doing that than being at home. I feel like responsibility is put on me and it's a form of escapism. But then it was also the form of me then not being in that uh, present state. I was able to disassociate from whatever I had going on. So it was just a constant contradictions in my life. And I think that's where it kind of was in that pinball energy of going like the knowing doing gap. Like I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it anyways. And that really challenged me because I wasn't allowed to go to my year seven like we won the state debating championship and that was kind of a big deal because you know us country new south wales girls beating all the big you know big wigs of sydney i couldn't go to the chinese dinner because i had an afternoon detention and the teachers are just go what's wrong with you why are you like this why do you but then they go but you're doing this you're like you're, you're having achievements and it, and then i remember the 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 head of the English and history department pulled me in front of all the year 12 girls and said, this girl here could be the smartest in the school, but she doesn't try. And he put me on show. And I think it was, he was trying to embarrass me to shock me into going, Oh my God, that was horrible. But it was also a compliment. But really it wasn't that I didn't try, which I didn't. Again, I plagiarized things. I bluffed things. I, you know, I could. You figured I, it out. You figured it I, out, dude. 
You 100% figured it out. I don't know if you've listened. I think if you haven't listened to David Goggins' book, It Can't Hurt Me, um, I think you'd resonate with a lot of his stuff through school and you figured it out you, as in how to get through safe. Yeah, absolutely. To the point where even, and again, it was, it was just always like a, a contradiction of what I was perceived of what I could achieve in school and then what I was actually achieving. It got to the point where like when I was in year 11 and 12, I was actually groomed in year 11 by a police detective from McDonald's where I used to work at in the cafe because I was the nice one. Everyone in town used to think he was the corrupt cop and I was the one that gave him the large coffee instead of the medium one. So that actually then resorted in me, again, creating a facade with my teachers. I actually, I had ovarian cysts twice in year 11. In year 11? Year 11. And... I then managed to convince the whole schooling, the office ladies, the deputy principal, that it was this big debilitating illness. So I could wag school and go hang out with this police officer. I never had to provide medical certificates. I didn't have to provide parents notes because I knew how to work the system. But instead of putting that into a place of going, Hey Nat, you were, you were getting 98 out of hundred at the start of the year. Oh, look, you're down to 42% attendance rate. Oh, and then, you know, again, you could throw round words around the female anatomy with, you know, male teachers. And unfortunately, they'd, they'd cower pretty quickly. So I kind of knew how to, to work that to my advantage as well. But it was just disheartening that I thought that I could always, again, I believed, I didn't believe enough in myself. So I always had to put on a mask of being something, not even someone. I didn't even, it wasn't even an identity of what I wasn't because I just was too challenged by really stepping into my true power because I knew that I was fucking fierce and I was amazing and that I was going to get a reaction or no reaction, if you will, by all the people around me because all the people around me were not meant to be around me. And I, and again, we talk about that now with that level of frequency and engagement and who I'm with and what I'm doing it's speaking for itself and it's showing up in all areas of my life and what I'm attracting now. And I'm so grateful for that because they're honestly, they're like a very small handful of experiences. Like there were, uh, there were many more, but, the, but, uh, but that's so just, you know. I just checked out the metaphysics, right? I just want to go on the metaphysics because <laughs> friggin' skinny textbook. That's a thousand pages. And um, it talked about basically with ovarian cysts, it talks about sexual anger. It talks about being invaded by men as such and things like that and not having needs met. And, uh, and when, when was it enough, when was enough enough for you? Ultimately when, so my, my low point Mm. was when I was living in Sydney, I, had been living a lifestyle of like, again, copious drugs and alcohol ongoing. I was not able to hold my job in the uh, legal industry that I was working in because of my, my mindset and my erratic behavior. I, you know, I, I was not, I wouldn't, I'd never turn up to work drunk, but I'd either be hungover. I wouldn't be able to concentrate. So the work couldn't be completed. So it was to the point where I was then living that really, really erratic lifestyle. It was then that my dad rang me and I was having car accidents, so many car accidents, so many fines, so many things that just it kept throwing it at me, kept throwing it at me. Anyways, my dad called me 
no, no, sorry. Take that back. My brother called me and said, dad's really sick. I went, what do you mean? He's like, he's got a really bad cough. He's not well. You need to come see him. I said, oh, you know, my, I busted up my radiator. I crashed it going over the Harbour Bridge. Not, I didn't tell him that it was like off my face on Coke at the time, which now I think about it and go, oh my God, like, all right, driving in Sydney traffic is bad as it is. Although when you, oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And he said, like, he's got this cough. And I went, okay, then. Like, I, I suppose I'll come home. And at this stage, you know, I was again just went okay yep okay so I couldn't drive home so I got on the coach and I'm talking to my best friend on the phone and she called me it's like a it's like a five-hour trip or not quite five hours from like the train and bus and you change over and when you get to Lithgow and you catch the coach home so I got on the coach and it's from Lithgow to Bathurst and it's about an hour on the bus and as soon as I get on the coach there's like there's no going back you're on the coach you can't all of a sudden get off on the side of the road but my friend calls me and she goes oh my god I've worked it out I've seen your dad he's fine he's healthy Natalie they're tricking you they're tricking you they're bringing you home and to me that was my worst nightmare going back from living in Sydney doing my own thing being a you know a, a early 20 year old just living my life and then my parents entrapping me lying to me that my dad was dying to get me home and guess what she was right my pan parents kidnapped me <laughs> so that's how I perceived it at the time <laughs> bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I got home and dad's like I know that your life is messed up I know that you take drugs I know that you've had trouble with the law that's right I knew there was a part of the story I was forgetting I'm like why was my life that bad that's right I got arrested for breaking into my neighbor's house I had drug possession and I got charged for impersonating a police officer because I had a police duty book that I managed to swindle from a police officer from a previous experience that I covered my passport in. So every time I'd go around, I'd flick my passport with my police logo <laughs> on it and they'd let me in everywhere. They, I was Detective Inspector Cox, which now I think Inspector Cox, you know, maybe not. <laughs> and I was. I owned that. Yes, and then the problem awesome. was, and, the, and I might clarify, the reason why I broke into my neighbour's house, I didn't even know it was my neighbour's house. I was that off my face on drugs that I thought I was at a suburb 20 kilometres away going to a party. Wow. I lived in Western Sydney. How did I scale a wall like Spider-Man, break into their bathroom, peel the screen off their bathroom, climb through into the toilet, and then I started walking down the hallway, going to get myself a glass of water, and boom, this like seven-foot Maori guy tackled me to the ground. What are you doing in my house? What oh, well, mate, I'm just here to party. No, you're not. Whoa, where am I? What's going on? I had no idea. And then I didn't even find out it was my neighbor's house till I was getting in the, I was in the police, like when they were booking me and they told me where I was. I'm like, that's next door to my house. Are you serious? I was so close. I was so close to not letting this happen. I broke into my neighbor's house. <laughs> no, I didn't even know. And then I'm like, I don't even know how I got there. I'm like, I swear, like, and my cards, my cash, everything. I didn't even pay for a taxi. So someone dropped me to that house at Western Sydney. I was in the city. So someone, I have no idea who, drove an hour to Western Sydney. They dropped me at the wrong address. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Thank you, whoever you are. Thank you for not killing me. Thanks for not killing me, whoever this random person was. And ironically enough, 
I was that off my face on drugs. I had a lot of MDMA caps in my bag. The cap that I took that made me so off my face that I broke into my neighbor's house in the first place was the cap that saved me. Cause had I had that cap in the bag, when I got arrested, I would have got done for supply mm. because the amount of drugs were there. So if that's not a whirlwind, I don't know what it is. So it's the, the and again, it, yep. I'm so, here, yeah. it's all perfect timing, isn't it? It was all perfect timing. So, and the worst part, oh, yeah. And oh, I think about it now. When I was in the cell, they had the NFL on. And mm -hmm. the team that was playing was a team that was like my team's, you know, rival. And I say mm -hmm. that now because I was giving shit to the sergeant. I'm giving this gentleman, and I'm like, <laughs> I think about it now, go, oh, shut up, Natalie. You're arrested. <laughs> You're under arrest. And I had no idea of the magnitude of what, what had happened. They gave me an orange juice and a hash brown from McDonald's and off I trot. And I thought I could just bluff the court. I don't need a lawyer. I'll be right. I'll just bow down in front and do my whatever. And then, no, I got kidnapped in my dad's eye. I know what's going on because I told a family member of mine and, you know, word got back to him. So that was my, that was my low point. That's where I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I, was, I, I was back I, under my dad's roof, the place that all I wanted to do was escape from. Because at that stage of my life, before I left to go to Sydney, was, you know, I didn't want to be there with him. Nothing against him, but that was just our relationship at the time. So you had to, did you accept and surrender in that moment or did you go down kicking and screaming? Uh, I had no, I, I went, I, I dropped. I, I was, I was gutted. I had planned on going on a cruise on that Friday. Not going to lie. That was the first thing that went through my mind. Not that, <laughs> oh no, I'm sick. Oh no, I'm going, could go to jail. What about my cruise? What about mm -hmm. my cruise? <laughs> I, I, I know oh, that mindset, dude. I get that mindset. Like I was talking to someone the other day about my lifestyle pre-growth and pre-losing weight and everything. And I'm like, I, this is in the, when were you born? What year were you born? Uh, 92. I too. Okay. So I turned 18 in 97. And so from about, let's say 95 through to um, mid 2000s off and on, we would be budgeting equivalent to about four or 500 a week on alcohol every single week, cigarettes. Like this is back when it was cheap. So like, if you're talking about how much we were spending, we, we would budget the crew that I was with. I was talking to someone today um, about a guy who runs a billion dollar company. We used to sit in our um, shed every night and make beer cans, put beer cans on walls and play darts and, and, and be big with our personality. And, and we were just covering it up and we didn't have a clue who we were. We, we didn't. And, and not, it's only been the last three, four years that I've really felt probably the last two years, actually that I've really felt like good in my own skin as a man, like a, uh, like and only really finding deep gratitude in the last couple in the last three and a half years how, how old are you now mate uh 27 oh man 27 I, I kind of remember 27 but um but yeah i'm so grateful that your father had the courage to manipulate the shit out of you <laughs> the, uh, the manipulator got manipulated and I wonder where I got it from <laughs> exactly right now I, I love the fact that you ran away from that place and then you ran into it like what you run away from you run into and you ran smack bang into it now um after you hit your knees and, and got angry and whatever else you did like how long ago was that like was that a couple of years ago like, when was that for you yeah I think it was 2000 2015 
Nice. Yeah, 2015. Nice. And what, what, so, Talk us through like your, your business is intimacy by nature. And that was a phenomenal story. I want to get to, we've got to get straight to the intimacy stuff. I feel and we're going to get you back on here often. Like I, I think we're just starting to scratch the iceberg. And I think we need to speak openly the way you do, especially about um, uh, sexual abuse and uh, what women go through, especially in their teens and twenties and the ability not to say no. I talked to a lot of women in their thirties who've gone through years of saying yes to like to please their husband to keep him quiet and i'm like so that's like years of trauma like it's years of suppression they're wanting to say no but they're actually saying yes so we could probably speak for days about that topic and give examples and i i really want you to come back and and go deeper in these topics if you'd like to do that but um i'd love for you to talk about the stuff that you love doing. I'd love for you to go right into the juicy bits, shall we say? The juicy bits. Okay, then. So let's bust some nuts. I've got yeah. more nuts for those yeah. that are on the audio. audio. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so tell, so, me, tell me about intimacy by nature. Let's, let's sort of give me, we've talked about our mission. You're aware of it. Um, like where does your love, where does your heart align? Like tell, why is um, sexual energy, intimacy, um, the, the fa- I've seen your I've seen your butt on an Instagram photo with about ten other girls. Like, tell me what's going on. I think you've had our amazing cat with dragon fruits in areas I can't. I don't even want to imagine. So, like, tell us about what's dragon going on. Dragon on the dragon. The, dragon on the dragon. That's it. So, tell us about <laughs> what's going on. Give us, give us, share what you're up to. Well, I guess the best part about intimacy by nature I turned my poison into my superpower so something that caused me such pain and distortion and confliction within my own life and relationships with others for so long is now something that I really embrace wholeheartedly I see that intimacy is something that really everyone needs to be able to decide that they want to expand on although some and it's not just about sexual intimacy it's becoming more in touch with their you know communicative state their ability to to think differently their their emotional state and to be able to see that nutrition plays such a vital role in their ability to connect and expand with with these levels of intimacy it plays such a pivotal role in our our mental health the way that we are able to have our energy levels the way that we uh, i think ultimately function and as far as our physical bodies like our physical anatomy our body needs nutrition to thrive not just survive but to thrive and in a world where there is so much available to us as far as quick fast food or food that have been like heavily processed or heavily sprayed with herbicides or pesticides. It really is educating people to bring it back to basics and to let them sort of see that we're eating these foods to really enhance our experiences within our own bodies and to feel that change, which in turn then allows that beautiful connection with other people whether it is on like a, an interactive basis or whether it is in fact on a sexual basis, which nutrition plays such a beautiful role. So therefore, as we progress through different stages of life, different rate relationship transitions, different elements around hormonal change or, or even our age, 
that nutrition can play such a part in how our body responds to those changes. And it excites me to think that if we're able to make small changes in our life through simple and effective means and ways that are able to derive pleasures in different means, like through the form of um, being more aware of the food that we're eating, then why would we not do that? Why would we not utilize it? And to know that it does play a beautiful role in how we're able to expand our levels of consciousness, consciousness and the vibration we're in within the universe as well to, to bring it back to, to the OG. Yes. Ah, yes. I'm, I'm, well, I, have you met my partner Jess or you've seen her online? Like she's, she's the most beautiful, we call her the unicorn, but she can be a dragon in 3.2 seconds. Like I think all women, and um, as a lot of the brothers would understand that, and a lot of the girls watching this might be ready to throw knives at me. But I think that when you can, what she's been able to teach me through sharing books and openly expressing, I just didn't realise, I didn't understand how it is like total female embodiment. Like when it's sexual energy, you feel it through your whole body. It's like... It's just, it's so personal and like, I just didn't get it. Like I really didn't get it in that. Like, do you find that a lot of guys, especially as you go through, I, I met, I don't know if you have a partner or not or whatever's going on in your world, but do you find that with your level of knowledge and what you go through, do you find you having to constantly educate men through this stuff? I definitely, I wouldn't want to say it as like educating them, but supporting their own awareness to want well to seek more. Because well, I don't want to have to tell people things. I want them to want to embrace the journey themselves for their own desires. Because, mm -hmm. again, I'm at a different stage of growth. Everyone's on their own level of expansion. So for me to say, like, my dad is the, he is like a, a dinosaur bone loving man. Like, his stakes are brontosaurus bones. They are massive. You could never tell him that eating healthier is going to improve his life. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't take that on board. And I can provide him all the clinical research, all the facts. I can give him recipe tips and tricks, but because it's not a high value of his, there's no point in sharing it. Mm. But as far as with men and my journey, it's been really beautiful because like you said, my butt's been on Instagram and all of that. And it's all, it hasn't been, it, when I sort of have stepped into this line of work and this sort of world of sexual connection it really is a big world on its own which has mm. me susceptible to experiences that have allowed me to expand and grow even more with men it yep. is challenging because sometimes it is perceived as like oh well you know this woman just likes getting her butt out i'm like no nah, it's for the ladies like it's it's women only to... yep but then i also love supporting the men to know that they need to, like, if they are open to it, that there are multiple layers of the anatomy. Like, it isn't just the, the physical anatomy of our bones, our organs, our tissues, our ligaments. It's not just the pleasure anatomies, the, the vulva, the clitoris, the, the testes, the penis. It's all different elements. It's the energetic anatomy, the energy meridians, the, the chakras, the intuitive anatomy. And this is where, you know, we've got the different levels of nervous systems and how we are responding and reacting with people so by being able to have a greater awareness of that, that then allows them, I think, to respond better to women as well and to sort of see that 
intimacy is something that is really special and it's not saying that everyone has to you know either become celibate or be completely um consciously monogamous to one person there are so many different uh elements and polarities and different relation dynamics which is just it's ongoing and it's in continuing to expand but to be just open-minded and i still find it challenging that if you know someone's to make a certain remark then to not to not take it on board but to see it as that by continuing to just share my message that the right people are going to jump in it on the right time and it could just be that one sentence at that one time that resonates and that's my only expectation is that there's no expectation that i'm just continuing to share i like this and mal and i um even in the message that we put out and things like that we get a lot of um we get a lot of, but I get so, we get so much love. Oh boy. We get so much love in what we do, but we also get uh, the odd person that is defending, justifying, shaming, blaming, and that's a projection. And we always coach our coaches because part of coming out like the way you have in relation to living your truth, speaking your truth, putting it out there is you, you you're going to face judgment, but ultimately if you have the awareness to actually look at it, take the feedback on board. And this is where I think a lot of men uh, fail to get that when their feminine or their female partner or whatever it is, is projecting at you, then that's an opportunity to show absolute certainty, which will allow them to go into their feminine energy and serve and, and be a part of it. And men and women are very opposite. So like, uh, in a generally speaking, but like, how, how do you find, like, how do you find women in their 20s and things like that as you sort of start to expand and work with women? Do you find that they're, they're very stuck in old patterns? Like, like, what do you find a common two or three things you see in women um, that they think they're very alone or it's only them? Like, give us some examples of scenarios that you consistently run into that are very... Yeah, common. so the biggest one is vulva shame. Now... I am going to clarify this just again about providing that information. The vulva is the outside genital anatomy for the female. Now I know mm -hmm. some people might on here that might be listening or viewing might go, well, duh, but so many people go, Oh, the vagina. It's like, that's the actual internal canal. So unless, you know, it's little things like that, that people have like women don't have any idea about, or they don't understand the importance of the cervix with the connection with, with their whole body. So the biggest one is that, is my vulva normal? Is my, uh, is my labia the right shape? Am I only able to receive uh, an orgasm from this one part of my body? Again, body image is a big one. That, that whole pleasing, receptive, oh, I'm doing this because he would like it. So, and it's also funny how I find that a lot of women who are very sexually confident externally are very challenged by actually embracing that in real life in their own personal world. That's something that's very, very common. So a lot of women that I speak to that are either have been in the sex industry or women who provoke, uh, pose very provocatively on Facebook are actually sort of very self-conscious about their bodies or their relationship with men is very distorted and they're very challenged by that. They're actually not confident at all 
in that element, but definitely body image is the first initial one, but then also understanding their own uh, pleasure, pleasure potential as well. And then releasing the expectation of having to reach an orgasm or to know that they don't have to provide an orgasm to their partner as well. But then also uh, giving them the voice like to, to like again another thing is them not having the their thought of being I can't I can't give feedback to my partner because again they just wouldn't take it well or they would be highly offended or that that's just not something you do I would have never thought of doing that I never would have had a voice had I not had you know recent experiences that have allowed me to step into to this more empowered self so the, there is a lot of commonalities yeah, with I, I, with this sort of element. Your mic's just gone quiet, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, we brought a, um, a panel of our female coaches together to start speaking out about it. And you kind of go to the next level in relation to education. I mean, it's not that these ladies didn't know, but to actual, actually have a common voice to say previous relationships, they couldn't orgasm, previous relationships, they couldn't do this, it took forever. And they spoke really openly about it. And I think we definitely will get you back on to talk openly with those girls. I get in the firing line, me and three or four other girls. So just keep them coming. But it's um, it's really great if we can promote very open conversation specifically about what you've just spoken about. I think we really do need to get back to basics. Um, and I think it's awesome too, because I imagine you're very open and honest with your daughter about um, about her body and, 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 and like if she asks questions or if and things like that. So I think you're going to be able to eventually empower your daughter in a really, really positive way. And I think that's phenomenal. Two things. I left my water bottle inside. So I'm going to start eating my cucumber because my throat's kind of <laughs> sore. So you want to say, you know, really, I just got to have some hydration, which we'll speak about that momentarily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no central eating on this one, sorry. Oh, good My daughter actually caught me masturbating. Mm -hmm. And she came into the room and she's four and she's like, Mum, what are you doing? <laughs> and and I'm like, Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> You know, mind you, my beautiful crystal wand was protruding out of my vagina and my legs were crossed. Yeah. And my daughter, even right now, she's so intuitive. She's so smart. She's so aware. And she's like, mom, what are you doing? And she looked at me. She's like, are you going to lie to me? Or are you going to tell me the truth? Because if you lie to me, I won't give a shit, but I'll never let you forget it. And that was her heart talking to me. <laughs> and it was that moment I knew in my life, I'm like, am I going to lie to her? And she's going to go, my mum lies to me because she's not happy with what she's doing. There's something wrong that she's doing or she doesn't trust me enough to tell me the truth. And I said, I'm masturbating. She went, oh, okay, have fun. Good night. Went back to bed. Didn't bother at all. Didn't give a flying fuck about it. She just wanted to test me to see if I was going to tell her the truth. Mind you, 
the second time when I was in the shower, she's like, is that happy tears or sad tears? I'm like, happy tears. She's like, okay, I'll leave you alone. Hey, I was going to take my jacket off right now. I'm going to have another bottom of cucumber. Is that happy tears or sad tears? But no, it was really important for me to establish this relationship with her from a young age to be communicative and to be truthful. Like the amount of things that I found out at the bus stop from other kids was amazing in the sense of I'm like, what the hell? And then straight away, I I think I must have had this attitude from a long I'd corner mum whenever she was on the toilet. I go, so now she can't move. I've got to like ask her all these questions. And she just look at me and go, oh, and she would, she'd, she'd make up some long winded thing. And I go, so who's telling the truth? Are the kids telling the bus at uh, the truth at the bus stop telling me the truth? Or is my mum telling me the truth? Mm. And deep down, I knew it was the kids at the bus stop that were telling me the truth. Cause I'm like, that, that makes sense. Why that's called that or why people do that. And I needed to have that relationship with her that it was built on honesty. I'm really grateful because my parents said, I'd rather you be doing it under our roof. And also, too, they would provide um, condoms and things like that. So they were pretty good like that. They didn't explain, but they didn't give any explanation. I didn't ask questions. Um, but my, my, in back in the mid-90s, like, they were pretty awesome as far as allowing us to express and, and have people over and that sort of stuff. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'd like to think that we will learn. And Jess is waiting any moment now. Lara's very... She'll walk around with a doll under her top and give birth. And we've found her watching YouTube videos on babies giving birth. And you can't lie. You can't, like, they're not. You can't hide the truth. (laughs) There's YouTube. There's YouTube. Damn straight. Now what well, do you got? Now what do you got? You got Well, I'd say why why do you want to why do you want to hide the truth? I mean, our generation is is opening up conversations that have been shameful conversations for far too many generations. Um I mean, I remember my parents sleeping in separate beds from well, for many years now, many, many years, and I think, you know, that just shows me the kind of relationship that I don't want which is whatever, like there's no, no judgment there. It's, it's their, their stuff. But I, I don't even remember, you know, even when I got my period, even having my mom talk, talk me through that, you know, there was nothing. I had taught myself everything, absolutely everything that I needed to know about being, becoming a woman. So I'm, you know, my, I have three girls Nat. they're 11, nine and seven. So my 11 year old now is on the cusp of going, you know, she's developing and we're waiting for, I'm waiting for that period to start pretty much any, any day. Um, and I keep asking her and asking her and asking her, cause I want to be the one that gets to have those conversations with her. I want to be the one that she comes to when she in or if she has problems that she wants to discuss around that i don't want her i don't want that disconnection to be between us and and even from a place of um vulnerability and you know crying or being angry or being stressed or whatever's going on i just openly share everything with the children 
um, so they can see what's normal, you know, what is normal as a human being, as a woman, as, as we grow just in life, just to see and experience everything so that when it happens for them, they just go, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, I remember mum saying that or I remember seeing mum do that and there's, there's no hiding of anything. Yeah, I, I, oh, thank you. Sorry to interject, but (laughs) talking about uh, hiding, I just thought I'd quickly throw in that I have like a beautiful range of pleasure products that I have with women. And again, when I talk about like my daughter's tucked away in bed when I have chosen to self-pleasure, this is not something that, yes, I'm comfortable. Yes, I'm open, but it's not something that I'm overly um, trying to uh, have her experience uh, intentionally, if that makes sense. Like I'm not trying to overly sexualize our relationship because this is something that I do. It's just a, bad timing or that something's just happened but again it's like saying that we can't hide is like my daughter actually got into like my box of products and she put one of the beautiful pink butt plugs in the barbie car and was driving it around with buzz Lightyear. so you can't hide things even if you try to even if you try to (laughs) so i've just made sure now it's like again i i haven't specifically told her what that is but i just said just don't put it in your school bag just yeah. put any of those things <laughs> in the school bag. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the uh, pleasure toys because um, uh, when I first heard about the Yoni egg, it was through Jess. And um, I'm like, what is this Yoni you talk about? And she goes, I'm, this is what it is. Go do your research. But this is about me. Go away. And I didn't get it. But as I started to look in and really appreciate what it was about and what the what the, the, the healing power of the crystals and, and everything else, like you're studying to be a, um, a Yoni practitioner? Yeah, Yoni yeah. massage practitioner. Are you able to talk a little bit about that tonight in relation to um, the theory behind it, what you hope to achieve in that space and go where you need to go with it? I think it's really, I think it's super important, especially for the ladies who are listening or men who haven't heard what a Yoni egg is. So yeah, absolutely. With, what, no. is a, what is a yoni egg? So a yoni egg is a. Be- I can't believe I didn't bring one out here. I'll have to pretend. Okay. So it's about. It's on average. This is a walnut though. Uh, on it's a beautiful crystal that is in the shape of an egg, and the size and weights vary. So you can have ones anyway from like a small, medium, or large egg. Most people usually use a medium egg. Now, what that is, it's to allow to build strength within the pelvic floor space, and it's also then to enhance our pleasure centres by increasing blood circulation, which in turn allows internal lubrication to occur. Sorry, my daughter's telling me all the things that she's doing. She's got control of the house now. I'm worried about what she's doing. We're, 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 uh, getting, so, we're getting there. So, so it's to be able to provide strength within the pelvic floor space and to therefore increase uh, circulation, which allows internal lubrication to occur, which is a really beautiful uh, exercise. The energetic properties that you get from the crystal as well is really beautiful. There are different crystals that you can get. So depending on what one you're drawn to, it can add that element of connection within your room space. It's a very sacred practice. And the intention is to really allow the woman to drop into that feminine space. So 
in today's society, I guess us as women, we really do uh, ebb and flow within that masculine and feminine energy, depending on what we're doing. And sometimes it is really easy for us to be in that logical space, that very much doing reactive state of mind, whether it's looking after the kids, whether it's operating a business, whether it's going to work, whether it's looking after parents, taking calls, and even then in an intimate connection as well. If you want to go and sort little miss out for a sec, we, we can actually fill the gaps for a moment if you want to, because this is really cool. I think this is really important about... I'll go get, a, I'll go get an egg. Please, there we go. go. Go grab an egg. Mel. Yes. I'm passing <laughs> this over to you, right? Because I don't have an egg. I'm... Uh, I, yeah. So I'm going over yeah. to Mel. Like, okay. Um, all right. I'll all right. It. It's all mine. This is, this is really wonderful that, um, and I don't want to take away from, from Nat, um, but I will, you know, for those that are on tonight and those that are listening, this has been a big part of my healing journey as well. Now I chose to do the Yoni massage practice myself, um, which was a phenomenal experience. So I'm really excited to hear um, it come from her. Uh, I simply read it in a book, which was um, a book by Melissa Ambrosini called Open Wide. And uh, it sparked my interest. And she only briefly spoke about this in her book, but I, it really resonated with me. And I have spoken openly before about being one of those women who has been able, un, um, unable to say no. Um, and even in my marriage, that, that feeling that I, that needed to be a part of who I was and showing up for, for my husband, whether it was from a people pleasing perspective or some conditioning or expectation, social expectation or whatever it was for whatever reason it was, it still didn't take away from the fact that there were so many times that I wanted to say no, but was fearful of what would happen if I did. And thank you for saying that dude. Thank you. Because, um, uh, Jess, uh, we'd been so disconnected just through work and you know, what's going on in our life. And I rolled over to give her a hug and she's like, don't. Mm. I think, yeah, it wasn't, She's like, don't. She's like, right now, there's so much disconnect. You're a stranger. And that's the level of courage that amazing woman has. And you know, I'm like, she's frustrating. But also, too, the level of courage to actually go to your your life, or hopefully she's my life partner forever, but life partner and say, no, Mm. like raise the bar. Is that, that, uh, I hope you take that into your future relationships. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, not to say that there still won't be some fears that come up and I'll have to, you know, um, trust and and get through that process when that happens. But I think it's really important to create that awareness for for men um, who only know what they know to understand that women crave the connection before intimacy most women and uh, you know most women do um it doesn't come from the physical 
connection. It comes beforehand. It's the build up. It's and if so, if you're disconnected emotionally from a woman, it's highly unlikely that she's going to be able to perform at her best ability without creating that connection beforehand. And that comes from my own personal experience. And I know there will be many women that do resonate with that story. Do you, did you find that the, uh, because what we're saying that is um, Mel, what was the book you read again, Mel? I, I had, um, I, oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, we, so have you found that going through that process now has basically changed the way you feel about yourself at a pleasure level? Yeah. No, 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 Mel, Mel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I do self-pleasure as well. I'm now nine months, uh, almost 10 months now into celibacy. Um, And I do do self-pleasure though, because I can. I make my own rules. I don't know whether (laughs) celibacy is meant to not self-pleasure. Someone asked me, like, I don't fucking know. But I do (laughs) when I need to. Um, But the, the level of orgasm that I have after doing that that massage process and releasing all of that trauma um, and that stagnant emotion and all of that that was going on within my womb is just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal are we on the right money here now is this kind of um, is this kind of what you discovered as you sort of discovered the only egg and, and started to work through the process for you it really opened up and changed a lot for you absolutely so what i've i like this is this is the yoni egg here this is the moonstone one just for people to get a visual oh there's my egg there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> should, have cl- should have clenched tighter <laughs> no so again this beautiful practice has really allowed me to drop into that feminine energy of wanting to understand and appreciate my body more but definitely wanting to have other women really take pleasure into their own hands and intimacy and going off with what mel said about knowing that there is that really important element of connection needed before intimacy and i guess that's a big part of with intimacy by nature and connection it is all levels of intimacy communicative emotional spiritual sexual they you know the elements of taoism really educates that you know men and women are two very uh very different beings like men are like fire-based they're hot they're ready to go like they're they're full powered ahead but then women are like water it's like and they're they're like fire the men will burn but then they'll burn out quickly (laughs) but then with women it's water where it takes a while for the water to boil but then it will just boil on going. So the woman's actual pleasure potential is absolutely infinite. And I guess that's really allowing women to see that, again, the intention for pleasure doesn't have to be orgasm. They don't have to reach that peak in order to have that re- release. Mm-hmm. And by incorporating elements like self-pleasure and the yoni egg, allows you to sort of re-engage yourself with that body to be able to uh, release trauma that you've built up within your body, whether it's, you know, emotional trauma or previous um, sexual challenges or just even like um, like physical trauma, trauma as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. birth trauma too. Yeah. I had a, what, what actually happened, I was uh, celibate for three years after, including being pregnant and having my daughter. I had a unconsensual episiotomy. So what that is, that's when the incision is made at the perineum, which is the skin between the vagina and the anus. Now, 
obviously the intention of this was when I was giving birth was to make sure that it didn't in fact tear, but because I just wasn't told what was going on, the, the, the obstetrician sort of just picked up a pair of scissors and snipped right in front of me. I'm like, what the Mm. fuck just happened? And Mm. that was the straw that broke the horse's back. That for me, after all those years of taking life laying down, I just went, nah, that part of my body, no more, not interested, disconnected, disassociation, sayonara, everything. I was happy to just be a feeding milk truck with my breasts. They became very depressed. They were sad. They were sopped over. My body, my nipples down to the below my waist was completely desensitized to the point where I actually thought that I had a permanent reaction from the epidural when it was in Mm -hmm. fact my mind just switching off from what had happened. So by then I was actually, what really allowed me to actually step into this space of sexual awareness was that the person after three years of deciding to be intimate with really acknowledged my body in a way that had never been acknowledged before. And he was talking about parts of my body that I didn't even think a man could know about. He was very, very conscious. And when he was talking about things like my cervix, I'm like, how the fuck do you know what that is? Like, and it just blew my mind that obviously with my previous experiences that a man could be so in tune with my body and I'm not. And I was ashamed that how can he know so much about my body and I don't even really know anything about myself right now. Yeah, I had plenty of sex, but I didn't know jack shit. And that made me kind of go on the the desired quest, if you will, to learn so much more about myself for myself, but to then empower other women to do the same. Because what if I'd never met him? I would have been probably celibate for a long, long, long time. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the desire, I didn't even, I never even self-pleasured in those three years. Like, wow. like it was just, there was no interest there at yeah. all. Just completely shut off. Just completely shut off. Nat, I think a really, and Mal, you can, the the thing with men and rejection and things like that and not understanding and having a clue about the female body, the anatomy, what you go through, having their own stories about rejection and things like that. One thing I think is why we've made it, Jess and I, is one, the ability to... um, really own feedback take responsibility for your role what you whatever that is and the other thing is too like um, I'm always uh, trying to work out the best way to breathe with tension whatever else working through things and growing and trying to go to new levels because when you're with growth-minded women um, and like Jess yourself always wanting to push to new boundaries new heights from uh me, I always find that pretty confronting. Like, another, like, like I'm like, it's overwhelming. It's like you become very one-dimensional in your thought process and things like that and very routine. Like, is there any advice you could give guys to potentially, like, to get back in, to, like, to stand up? Like, there are a lot of guys out there who want to, um, I know I do, that want to, like, be all they can be but don't know how to approach it. Like, where do we start? Uh, well, definitely as far as like, and it, well, this is, I would definitely say this to both men and women to welcome feedback, to welcome growth within that immediate sexual intimacy connection, no matter how long you've been with that person, 
to know that communication is always welcomed, but do try to have it outside the bedroom setting as well. Mm -hmm. So therefore that if something, if a woman isn't happy with something or she doesn't want something different, the idea is not to, to shoot the guy down when he's, when he's, unless it's obviously (laughs) causing like great discomfort, but don't, don't, don't make, don't put it in the situation of when it's being intimate or if you are wanting to try something new or different, have it in an environment where you can communicate it and discuss it perhaps in a way to balance it out. So then if you are being intimate, it's not going to all of a sudden shut down that connection as it's underway because of perhaps a different perspective. And as far as like men encourage your women to self-pleasure, I know a lot of men that feel very intimidated or conflicted by the idea that the, wow, well, I'm enough for my woman. I have, you know, the best penis going. Why would she need to, why would she need to, to go and, put an egg in her or why would she need a a wand it's like it's empowering a woman to identify her own pleasure center to be able to circulate that energy to be able to edge herself to a point of acknowledgement and self-worth and love even a bit of you know good old sex magic whilst you're at it but to see that by having that connection with herself that then allows her to feel more comfortable with her own skin her own self-image and then her own desire to be amorous towards you because there is that that confidence already there it's even and that- like it's even like after they do become so vulnerable in that intimacy space like covering their face covering their body like that sort of stuff like um I, yeah i like even as a man i think if you can notice that if they're doing that as your partner the ability to have that vulnerable conversation and and be encouraging and um, I, I don't know about you when you started to really open up whether you would cover up or whether it was you talk about shame and that sort of stuff like how did you find it really difficult to embrace that next level especially when you found that guy and then you moved as you started to expand or are you like this is so cool what's next oh yeah it was I'm not gonna lie it was yeah the what's cool what, what's next he really allowed me because energetically it was this person and this is the first person in my entire life my head said yes my heart said yes my pussy said yes all three aligned and therefore that allowed the most infinite mind-blowing head explosive up through the back of the spine up to the crown of my head orgasms where it was like oh my god this is who I am this is why all these things happened to me because Sex is actually incredible. Sex is such a profound thing to be able to identify yourself and to have that strength and that knowledge. And it's like you create with it. So what else can you do with it? Like it's, it is magic force energy within you. It's life force energy. So if anything, it was the, he's the only person I've ever trusted completely and fully in all intimacy, in all levels of intimacy, not even just in like a romantic or sexual sense. So to me, it was going, okay, yeah, what, where, where, where can I take this? And it's funny how when Mel was touching on saying, you know, it's not just, it has to have that, that preemptive action. It's really important, I feel, as though for men to drop into that space, to be vulnerable, to put your heart in your penis, to connect the two. <laughs> your, because we can feel it. We can sense it. We know if you're fucking or if you're actually there. And that's where a woman will completely surrender to you and drop into that place where she will be able to allow herself 
to receive. And that doesn't necessarily mean like that, oh, just, you know, again, take life thing down, but in a sense of wholeheartedly be a woman that actually wants to receive pleasure, not just be the one that has to give it. And that becomes, that comes from a space of feeling safe and the man needs to provide that. And when the man provides that safety in whatever element it shows in a sense of sexual intimacy, it's by dropping in, we are then able to release, release into that state of infinite pleasure potential. I just got lost then. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. No, it's, um, no, it's, it's a really, um, I don't know, as we, as we talk about many topics, we, uh, we talk openly with our clients about the amount of stuff we've kind of run into and really had to go deep and research and be vulnerable and say, look, we're, we're nowhere near a subject expert in this and we're not in this space. We've done a lot of reading. Um, we, 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 we teach our coaches about, um, uh, we do it. We're just about to finish our coaching through chronic illness. Um, uh, and it's all about metaphysics, psychosomatics, energy centers, spirituality, consciousness to help people really take responsibility of what their feedback is going on in their brain, that psychology. I think um, what guys forget to understand as well is that women actually know when you're full of shit. And I think that you said it beautifully, like we know when you're fucking and we know when you're in it. Now, I think also too, if you're talking about I think the world average time for sex is like four and a half minutes or something like based on studies, which we one of our coaches pissed herself laughing when she heard that, like, is that it? But I think um, it can actually take up to 20 minutes for a woman to reach orgasm. So yeah, yeah. your statistics are right. So Mm. like, again, it's that whole water theory. It's like you sometimes, you know, the guys are done before we've even reached a bit of, it's also, and also too, if the guys are very one-dimensional and not, it's the ability to be able to not only have control, but to let go, but to not, and to be creative. Like it's, it's, it can be um, confronting. Like I, I openly admit that it's like you, you're trying to do your best, but you're not into it. And it's trying about control. So you can be like, it can be very uh, confusing and confronting. Um, but every guy likes to think they're amazing at it like every guy. Yeah. I think my, I remember my biggest regret is not telling this one person how terrible he was. And I remember seeing his face just smirk so much afterwards. And I went, that was the worst sex of my entire life, but I faked it. And I didn't even know that. And then, you know what? I feel sorry for the next girl because he would have done the same thing because he thought he was, you know, God's gift. And I thought, no, like this is about, yeah, again, providing that effective communication, seeing that with men, that it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but I guess that's, you know, where those different elements of energy is that sometimes men are very like um, driven, driven to an outcome, driven to a solution. And the solution is to ejaculate in their, in that one dimensional mindset when in fact it's not by being able to cultivate that energy and, and to focus on breath work and again, to control and to actually refrain from, you can orgasm without ejaculating. And a lot of men don't know that either. And again, that's from, you know, distortion perhaps around like pornography or what we're told at school, like with basic sex ed. So by allowing that education to be supported within men as well and to focus on those different dynamics is a huge part of being able to connect positively and intimately. And I guess the best thing you can do as well is just have a healthy heart, 
have a really good diet. You think of all the beautiful blood vessels and arteries and erectile tissue that needs to, to be uh, in full force and effective uh, to be able to sustain a, a lovely heart erection. This only happens if, you know, we are not suffering from things like anthesclerosis or um, they say like the, the preemptive for heart disease and diabetes is in fact erectile dysfunction because they're the first arteries to give up. So, you know, there are things that we can do that can help, help improve that, that blood circulation. You've got like, you know, carotenoids, lycopene, the defendant like papaya and uh, watermelon and all like red and orange fruits, vegetables and berries that allows for beautiful blood flow. You have elements of silica that are found in uh, elements of uh, like cucumber or what's left of it, <laughs> you know, and this is, you know, beautiful elements that help with like skin hydration and health as well, which allows, um, you know, again, proper connection within your body. So it's really important to see that by preventative health measures to help your body in the long term to having that healthy heart and connective heart space with a pumping heart, you're going to have a pumping cock and you're going to be able to perform better intimately. And your woman's going to be able to connect on you on a much more intimate and personal basis, which is going to allow her to reach that level of orgasm, which really most men are wanting to achieve. So it really is about being that healthy, intimate, connected couple if you will and that comes from empowering yourselves men it's not that you know a healthy self-pleasure practice is really important for you guys as well but it's how you're getting that self-pleasure practice are you using it to cultivate energy or are you, every time you're stressed do you go mm -hmm. and have a quick pull in the shower so then you're correlating like being stress relief with that ejaculation or oh, i have still got my cucumber man <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you then uh also using pornography as a form of that tool like pornography obviously like the intention obviously isn't just for that self-pleasure but you're looking for that dopamine hit and obviously after a while like i was speaking earlier about the you know the whole likes online is like your body is is trying to get that reaction from something that's just not there anymore so you know this is when your idea and your your ideals around sex and kink perhaps become a bit more perverse or a bit more obsessive or if not addictive you can become addicted to porn which then you know men then can close their eyes off when they're actually having sex with a real woman and they're trying to get into their heads to think about a video that they watched in order to be present with a real woman and that's not healthy so perhaps reducing elements of that as well and also seeing is that for women to not make reference to porn, to not make noises if you don't feel comfortable, to see that uh, every single vulva is different, to be comfortable within your body and to be expressive for your wants and desires as well. And to see that by having the man allow them or woman, depending on what relationship dynamic you're in, to again, to show that level of connection before the actual uh, element of sexual connection and that could just be in the, uh, in the form of their love language and if you don't know what that is uh, look into what love languages are and to say what your love language is for yourself and what, find out what the love language is for your partner because it's no good coming home and giving your partner a gift if all they want is your time so it's all it's all relative to the connection and circumstances within that dynamic to create that level of intimacy and to not see it as that it's the uh, intentions are to in fact receive sex in return as well to know that it is a form of just connection and relationship building and for women 
feel inclined to initiate as well. Yes, you might be tired. Yes, you might be feeling yucky or disgusting as well. But to, to, to initiate that connection, because by feeling powerful and comfortable within yourself, thank you for all the comments, ladies. I really appreciate it. By feeling comfortable and acknowledging within yourself and taking that desire and in, intention for intimacy, you are sort of showing your partner that they're acknowledged and they're, they're worthy and that they can step into being that man and that's all that they want. And that's what you want as well. You want them to be able to provide that container. So feel amorous, feel comfortable within yourself, self-pleasure, seduce yourself. You don't even have to have a partner to do any of these things. Love yourself first, be intimate with yourself, connect. And again, just be healthy flood your body full of nutrients and the blood flow and all those arteries won't let you forget about it. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I'm in doubling the amount of blueberries. I'm getting watermelon. I'm going to eat capsicum <laughs> raw. It is game on. It's like, honey, I'm coming. No, I'm joking. But it's, it's, um, and then the secret to your woman initiating um, it for you is a really great secret is to grow a beard. Okay, so growing a beard because if you do not have I'm a I'm getting beard, there. If you do not have a beard, man, you are technically a woman. All right, so grow a beard. Just kidding. So, but uh, not really. So, Nat, I just want to say, mate, like we got to get you back on soon. I think uh, based on these comments, we got to go straight into the juicy stuff straight up next time. Like, I love your story, and we can dive in and out of that. But I think you give really great insight about how you're like you some of the great things and I'm sure Mel will agree and have some highlights. My poison became my power. To me, that was a really great saying. Um, I think your tips around the, the reds and the blues and the vegetables and the fruits and things like that. I think that's really important. Um, and yeah, I think we need to get you back on and just go where it needs to go. Like even uh, I've always wanted to perform a podcast around miscarriages and, 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 and all sorts of stuff. Like it's all, I want to, I'd love to go uh, deep, pardon the pun, around multiple areas of this. And I know our coaches, our audience love this type of conversation. I know Mel's um, very much communicating with a lot of our ladies who have come in very rigid, very masculine after they go through an initial breakthrough. And like, it's like, over to Mel and go and really tap into feminine embodiment and feminine energy and, and that sort of stuff. And um, wow, dude, this is awesome. Uh, definitely so grateful and just, again, really happy for my journey from where it started, but definitely where it's to go. And I really appreciate everyone that's hopped on tonight and been able to share this part of my journey with me because, again, I've even just had – like some amazing breakthroughs at the start of this start of this call. And it is about being confident within your communication and sort of seeing it as that by knowing how to communicate effectively as well, plays a big role in your relationship with yourself and others. And I think that's something that we should definitely touch on in due course, because that's a big part of intimacy. Absolutely. Well, we've got some more groundwork to do in another project and things like that. But I think, um, from that call, when I said to Kath, I said, just get Nat on the phone. I need to talk to her. I just instinctively, I just knew, hello, Kath, how are you? She's on this call tonight. I think instinctively, I just knew that this next project, assuming I can get all the nuts and bolts on the thing I've been talking about for 18 months, um, and just your mission, our mission, what we want to do to empower men into their masculine and obviously women to become their feminine best if that's their natural energy. So, Mel, whew, this is a... 
I mean, we had genuine in the background when everyone came <laughs> on a bit of pony. We were like, hey, you feeling mellow? You're a bit quiet tonight, mate. Are you like taking all this in? Like all this, woo. Yeah, I, I do feel like you know, there's definitely been a couple of things that have gone a little bit deeper, even for myself too. So thank you for that, Nat. Really appreciate it. I think this is a never-ending journey. And why would you want it to end? You know, why would you want to put an put a due date on it? <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. And um, yeah, as Trent said, I do. Um, that was part of my journey because as a client here with TR, I started in a very masculine energy and uh, needed to get through those initial breakthroughs, find my worth, um, go through those layers. And then it came to that point where I was just naturally called um, to, I, I was on my own, went through divorce and, and came to wanting to understand myself on all levels. So not just a mindset level. It was, it was going deeper into truly understanding all the parts that I played in the um, end of my relationship and, and everything else and how I can show up as my best self now and moving forward. So, yeah, so thank you so, so much. Where are you, Nat? What can people, where can they find? You've talked about, you. are you a supplier of Yoni eggs? Yes, so I, I'm an affiliate with Yoni Pleasure Palace and I also have a beautiful range of products myself that I have available through their company. So if you are interested in purchasing a Yoni egg or a Pleasure One, please get in touch. You can contact me on my Instagram at intimacy by nature and if you just want to have a chat or if you just want to know a few more little tips and tricks and moving forward with how you can incorporate more nutrition into your life happy to point you into the right direction but definitely uh keep uh, let's all keep in contact because again this this journey is just beginning and i'm really excited to keep sharing more and more with you and definitely with with this group of leaders coming ahead beautiful awesome Coming ahead. <laughs> so many. I love puns. This is the best thing. No, no, I really do hope you have happy tears tonight, lovely. This is having happy tears today, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, and by the way, if you really enjoyed this episode, don't forget Intimacy by Nature. Intimacy by Nature um, with Nat. Go and like on Instagram. Um, get in contact, say hello. Um, the person that she collaborates with is one of the um, best in the industry under Rosie Reese. Okay. Yes, absolutely naked, incredible woman. Naked Yoga. I actually heard about all this just to talk about Rosie Reese. So go and check her out. Um, maybe I need to like send her a message and say, hey, we know Nat Cox. Can you come on our show? Or maybe we could get you guys. Uh, on here at some stage so i'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm, she's I'm been gonna... a big catalyst of part of my growth as well i do have to yeah. acknowledge rosie because had i it was it was actually just after i had that experience with that gentleman where i'm like oh my god i need to learn more about myself and she was the woman that came up and it's say hi everyone hi. 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 <laughs> she was bound to make an appearance at some point so good. But yeah, uh, no, yeah, Rosie Reese but yeah so Rosie Reese and she can you can find her on Instagram as well but the cool. immense gratitude for her taking being able to go under her wing and her support and guidance as well and to be able to <laughs> facilitate her uh, naked ow Viv, that's headphones uh naked awakening workshops I'm really beautiful with it 
Yeah, well, Jess actually registered for Naked Yoga, but COVID got yeah. cancelled. She was coming to the Sunshine Coast, I think. So um, she's going to go and do her next Naked Yoga work. Yeah, well, we, but there's a few of us facilitators all across Australia. So we've all been trained by Rosie. Hang on, Fifth. We've all been trained by her and we're all across Australia. So, yeah, jump yeah. onto the Naked Awakening Instagram. Uh, yeah, jump onto the Naked Awakening Instagram because you'll be able to see where the events are near you. So it's not just Rosie. She's obviously trained us women to be able to uh, create that environment for, for many others. So, yeah, definitely trust in the other women as well, including myself, because we all have such beautiful messages to share. And um, I know Rosie trusts us immensely, hence why she's allowed us to be a part of her, her work. Beef shush. I really resonate with what she's doing in her space. It's kind of why we took on our space over at Team Resilience Academy, we, we created the coaching qualification and course that wasn't there uh, because the answer in PD and motivation and positivity is just buy another course, buy another course, buy another course. And it's all recycled information from the 70s and 60s and 50s. And I really love how uh, I'm engaged in her social media as far as what she puts out there. I think it's phenomenal. Um, so um, really loving what you're doing. But Mel, thank you. I know you've had a huge day today. Thank you to everyone that jumped on. We are back on with another inspired guest next week. We're actually going to do another relationship podcast in the next seven days with the amazing Felicia, who's actually in bed with her partner, Ben, who's our amazing <laughs> videographer legend. They, they got really comfortable throughout this and they can finally come up for air. So you might've inspired oh, them right. into some happy tears, Nat, which is awesome. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for Kath Hansen. Uh, she's becoming very, in, oh God, She's been coming very uh, important in our team. She introduced um, Nat, Power of Collaboration. So, Kath, thank you for that and everything you do. Mel, I'm going to let you get some sleep, dude. You've been learning, learning, learning all day. Thank you so much. I hope you had fun tonight, Mel. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys on the podcast at the next episode. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone.